0: For the record, I don't think anywhere near enough of last week's poo content. Went into the final edit, Mini. I want that on the record and in the edit for this episode. Too much of that shit ended up on the cutting room floor.
1: I'd appreciate if you didn't specify how long the episode is in the intro this time, because I will make it that long. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and last last week's could have been a tight thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> I mean last week's could have been a tight ten minutes. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, but this is our feature length episode of two hours twenty five minutes. <laughs> Smith, and Welcome to Eurovision in Isolation, the show where we dissect uh, various Eurovision songs and intersperse them with our own tales of shits and giggles. <laughs> Joining me once again, we have four panellists who words just cannot describe. Minnie Meyer. Hi, Phil. Alex Smith.
4: Hello.
3: <clears throat> Dan Ervin. Hello again,
4: Phil.
3: And that Tosspot himself, Simon Round.
4: Hi,
3: Phil.
2: What are we laughing about? I don't actually know. I was laughing
0: about Alex choking on some <laughs> chocolate. He said, hello. <laughs> it's a bit of that chocolate stormtroop again. Stuff, One for your surround it? sound
2: audio, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> Yeah. Be was, it was like it, yeah, yeah. you could feel like a <laughs> ragsley in his mouth being coughed out.
0: You can hear <laughs> phlegm travelling from right ear to left. <laughs> is that
4: is that a leftover Easter
0: egg, by the way? I oh. have you still um, got
4: Easter eggs, mate. Oh,
0: no, I'm I'm not actually that into chocolate, despite what you're
2: seeing now. <laughs> two weeks running. Yeah, second episode in a <laughs> row of Alex audible mastication. Should we say something about how it's, you know, probably probably this is the last episode before Eurovision and therefore probably the last episode of this for a bit?
3: I think you just said it, didn't
2: you? Is that right? Is that what it, was happening?
3: Yeah. You're probably listening to this either just after Eurovision or just like two hours before it's airing because you went, oh, shit, I really should listen to uh, what our favourite Eurovision pundits and panelists think of the final edit of this year's songs hence again here we are to give you tips tricks and the five songs that we are listening to this week these are the talking point songs these are songs that um have caused various ruckuses or debates to be had prior to the contest so five of those to listen to today shall we make a start Song number one today comes from the... uh, uh, No, let's try that again. I was going to go full partridge and then just... (laughs) Our Antipodean neighbour... No. no. (laughs) It's men and women at work. (laughs) Song number one this week comes from Australia, or the land down under, as it's known. (laughs) This is uh, from the artist Montaigne. Montaigne had an effort last year but she is back again this time with Technicolor
0: Time to take your clothes
3: colour there alex i didn't talk to
0: this one thank you phil and uh first up um begrudging a- acknowledgement of um this particular performance which was uh done in front of a capacity uh, sydney cricket ground uh which just goes to show with a competent government how you can live life normally uh, not not too long after uh, a pandemic hey ho um, well done to the aussies um I'm really really not digging this kind of hyper electro pop and I use that word with a with a hyphen in between uh hyper electro pop this to me makes me worry that we've kind of had the millennial era and like, the Instagram era this song is full on in the kind of like TikTok Fortnite era of just brazen loud indistinguishable shit <laughs> like high, high bright high con- contrast symbols crashing together rubbish it's not for me a particularly um pleasing song when it comes to the tune and the melody it's very rough uh the lyrics mean absolutely fuck all uh to me anyway uh It's just, it's unenjoyable. This, this to me, I'm watching this and thinking like, I I could this, I could be set on the main menu of a sort of modern day video game. And this could be the, the soundtrack as we're about to go and jump around and shoot some laser beams at at other kids on PlayStation. This is the oldest you've ever sounded.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Last week I was talking about ginger biscuits and bran flakes and i think you've outdone me mate like the disdain with which you say tiktok is something to behold
3: you you sound a lot like someone that hasn't played computer games when you say that you're jumping around shooting laser beams (laughs) that's
0: what you do on Fortnite. (laughs) and this is this is the soundtrack that plays in the fucking background
3: simon what were your views on uh, Montaigne and australia
2: yeah, similar to Alex, really. It starts, and I was thinking, okay, not really my style, but it's all right. It's a stri- slightly strange look she's got going on with the sort of sparkly bondage gear. And then it gets to this, like, I don't know, do you call it a pre chorus? And my just thought process was like, ooh, ooh, no. Is that the bit not, where she's not shouts. like this? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I thought that was an interesting musical choice.
0: Yeah, now we it's... take off our clothes. Ta-na, 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 ta-na,
3: ta-na. <laughs> Alex, Alex, mockingly sings the hits.
2: Yeah, with with disdain as an old man, <laughs> Alex sings the hits. Um, I actually, the, the line you're referencing, like we take off our clothes, caused me such pause that I actually looked it up. And she's been like, there's been a minor, I wouldn't say controversy, right? But she's she's like had to deny that that's the line. The line is, take off our cloaks. Um, and I'm oh. like, okay, whatever. Mm. Yeah, it's it's mm. not cloak. I mean, it's, it's definitely time to take <laughs> off your
4: cloaks. Time to take off your cloaks. She,
2: she, she explains it as like, it's like when, you know, you're a witch and you've got to do some magic. So you just like throw off your cloak and get on with it.
0: And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is I've seen like that. It's that- like workmen roll up their sleeves and the witches just throw down that cloak get out of the way you're only just Aust- slowing me down
3: i'll tell you what australia does have previous form of explaining away their lyrics their 2016 entrant Dammy in the first line of the song is
4: trying to
1: feel your love through facetime
3: and there are a couple of complaints that it was a brand name facetime uh, and they went no, no, we don't mean FaceTime the uh, the app. There's two separate words, face <laughs> and time. Just,
0: just some because, one-on-one FaceTime.
3: I mean, actually, I think that was the rule that they, they changed after that year's contest. Dan, what did you make of Montaigne?
4: Yeah, sure. I, I take the points of my, my colleagues here. I think they're, they're, they're definitely correct. Um, but I would like to offer a counterpoint as well. Um, I think what Montaigne is attempting here is something extremely technical, extremely difficult. Um, it's definitely the most technical song tonight, and probably the most technical one being entered this year. And the clip we have of her is performing outside in a in a stadium, and not in a Wembley-style stadium. She's out in this. It's the Sydney Cricket Ground. It's open. It's very. The acoustics are not going to be good. Yeah. Um, and now I know. And I know this is the official video they've chosen to use. So um, perhaps they don't have a better version. But um, before I'd like to cast total judgment on it, I would like to hear it in an arena style. Um, because I don't think she gets full justice for her performance.
3: Excellent segue here. Here is the talking point for this Australian entry. Thank you, Dan. Uh, She will not be performing in Rotterdam. The Australian government has not permitted travel, effectively. So uh, Montaigne will be the only artist this year performing via her live on tape performance, which they got everyone to perform one of these uh, prior to the contest in case they couldn't travel. So it was a sort of live take. They only had one chance to take it, but it's a sort of studio setting or an arena setting, depending on what the uh, home broadcaster arranged. So Montaigne's is a little bit of a sort of empty studio affair by the looks of things, probably with some neon in the background if other stuff is to go by. But it's slightly more Technicolor than the uh, Sydney cricket ground performance, which. I mean, you hear no crowd enthusiasm at all. It is just the innings break during a 2020 match, isn't it? Let's be fair. And no one has come to see Montaigne. They're the (laughs) worst concerts. This is why I really hated the Saracens at Wembley rugby games, because half the people there had not come to see rugby. They were just sort of there like, oh, we'll go to Wembley. Oh, we've got a free ticket. Let's go. Um, Just no atmosphere at all. So I do feel sorry for her performing in that scenario, whoever's idea there was that is just bonkers. Minnie, anything to add?
1: I agree with Dan that it's obviously quite a vocally challenging song and not one that she seems particularly capable of singing in that environment. But aside from the vocals, I think the production is just really nasty. Again, like Alex said, that clashing sound all the way through goes right through you.
3: Oh, bless her. I think it's a good effort, but uh, it's missed the mark for my money. Um, she's one of those artists that has could have got a free pass this year to enter whatever she wanted and has come back with this. And without a very creative staging, which we get to see, um, I'm not sure whether this one would have won through on its own merits. Uh, right. So. Judging from comments, I don't think any of you are going to give this your 12 points. Any nil pois for Australia?
2: Yes, please. I'd like to give this my nil pois. This Technicolor makes me long for black and white. I think, as you were just saying there, Phil, really it will be lucky to qualify for the final.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give this my nil points as well. Fingernails down a chalkboard level of displeasure listening to this one
3: not a glowing recommendation then for australia who may miss out on qualification for the first time in their history so we move on to song number two this one comes from cyprus and elena Sagrino has uh, a touch of spanish flair with el diablo Diablo there, Minnie, why don't you tell us about the devil and his angel?
1: Thanks, Phil. The devil's in the train mail for Elena, whose hair is wet from what I assume was quite a messy goat sacrifice.
3: <laughs> I, I can actually tell you what her hair is wet from. From the um, uh, full uh, original video launch, there's quite a lot of product placement, including uh, head and shoulders shampoo so um, her hair is presumably wet because she's just come out of the shower and she is uh, Cyprus's Claudia Winkleman.
1: Helen Charles are going to have to answer to the orthodox church then because they protested this song on religious grounds, possibly due to what sounds like a children's choir singing but really it has as much to do with devil worship as the chili sauce of the same name. I think the only person who should be annoyed at Elena is Lady Gaga for ripping off her sound, particularly Edge of Glory. I don't know if it's really catchy or just a song that I've heard loads of times already before, but if the devil does have the best tunes, I'd hate to hear the Church's retaliatory diss track, which they could call Roman's <laughs> Revenge by Nicki Minaj, which is a song I learned today. <laughs> um,
4: Dan, did you like this one? It's all right, I suppose. Um, but when this first popped up on the playlist, I was dead sure we had seen Elena Zagrinu, uh before performing for Cyprus. And... I delved through the old playlist, half an hour down, desperately trying to find this song. It turns out I was thinking of Tamta with Replay and that's the Cypriot entry from 2019 that we covered in the the bracket. Both have these huge, like, 2000s Madonna kind of vibes. Um, Clearly Cyprus has got a type and they're going for it. But much like that sort of late Madonna stuff, it's Easily listenable, inoffensive, acting like it's pushing boundaries while really doing nothing at all. Um, Vanilla disguised as mint chop chip. Uh, I'm sure it'll do all right and end up mid-table, but really, it's not much better than that.
3: Yeah, this song does complete the trilogy of Cypriot, Latin-inspired summer bops with uh, Fuego. Uh, Replay and now El Diablo. Last three shows to actually go ahead. Cyprus have sent very similar sounding songs, but they found success. They found a um, tone for Cyprus that people uh, buy into, and and. Fair play to them, they're, they're maxing it out to the fullest. Uh, I really like this song, I think it, pro- you're probably right, I think it probably will finish mid-table, higher mid-table, but uh, I, I, it could do well, could do very well. Um, Simon,
2: do you like this one? It's not my usual, but I do really like this. I think possibly I tolerate the verses a bit, but I absolutely love the chorus. And I think in in the video, you kind of get a sense of the potential that they have for the staging on this one. Uh, The slight exception is in the video, there's this weird scene where they package her up in cellophane, a bit like Xena the warrior princess in the Simpsons episode where the comic book guy plays the collector.
3: Here are some names you may call me on our wedding night. Obi-Wan, Iron Man, Mr Mix's Picklick, and of course, Big Papa Smurf.
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, I think it's a very positive positive song from Cyprus. It's got the right vibe I want for Eurovision this year, so I look forward to hearing it on stage.
3: Just to paraphrase you, though, there, so the right vibe that you want from Eurovision this year is devil worship?
2: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Isn't that what everyone wants?
3: So I should say at this point that Cyprus's rebuff of um, of the church's complaint about the song is that they're not talking about the literal devil here. They are talking about a figurative uh, lover who they have labelled as the devil. So they're not saying she's not singing that she loves the devil. She's saying uh, she loves her lover, who is just a bit of an asshole. which admittedly, uh, I love Veldia Diablo, is slightly catchier than I love an asshole," which also wouldn't have got past the... Um, ebu's censorship
1: i would love it if they turned around and did a full devil worship invoking stage show on like a pentagram
3: pentagrams drinking uh,
1: drinking chicken's blood blood.
3: i mean we've had blood poured on people before we've had um hatari at 2019 with like whips and chains and all sorts of stuff like i think it's all happened before uh, it might be a bit much in a song called El Diablo. I don't know if they would complain about it but um, but yeah, look I don't expect the extreme Christian vote to uh, really affect uh, Cyprus's chances this year. I don't think there's going to be so many people put off by the potential devil worship that um, it will outnumber the those that are in favor. Uh, Alex, uh,
0: do you love El Diablo? I do Phil I think for the reasons already discussed it's uh incredibly provocative with this sort of dual meaning I'm I'm undecided whether the sort of nursery rhyme sections enrich or hinder the song uh I th- I think it actually uh hinders it personally I think it's it's already a really strong song without it but I can see why they've done it to really kind of make it almost um chiller horror movie Yep. kind of, you know, the, the, I, the, you know that's a sort of horror movie trope, isn't it, to have sort of like a, you know, a child singing and pointing about something. So it kind of just—it's there to kind of make it a bit more uh, provocative. The—the the one thing that I think with the song is that um, I think it's a proper uh, nightclub bop in the way that Euphoria was, and I can see this if it—if it has a good showing, sticking around. I mean, not in the same way that Euphoria stuck around, but but it's. It's got all the uh, the ingredients to to the point where you know if you were set, if you were in a uh, you know London sort of cocktail, as say and, you know I'm not going to dress that up like something swanky. If you were in a dirty martini in London and this song came on, it wouldn't be out of place. I was about to say if you were in a swanky cocktail lounge. Like, no, no, don't don't get yourself, Alex. If you if you were in a dirty martini or an all bar one, and this came on, it, it wouldn't be out of place. No one would be saying turn that shit off.
3: Yeah yeah i agree with everything that everyone said um i don't even know what i'm singing half the time when i'm singing it but uh, i give my love i gave my love i gave my heart to Well, too. It, it is gaga it's gaga to its core but i think that's a positive not a negative um right all lovely stuff for the devil there so uh any 12 points
2: yes phil i'd like to get my 12 points out my Erlanda Du de point. I really like this song and I actually more than just liking it, I think it's going to do really well. Uh, and in fact I'm going to call it I think this is going to be the Eurovision winner uh, and I, <laughs> that, that depends on a good performance on the night from the singer and a good staging as well. but I think this has got the potential to go all the way.
0: Phil, uh, I almost feel dirty uh, as if uh, El Diablo has uh, been up to some tricks because I'm going to echo Simon and give this my dues poi, which means we have mirrored each other on the Neil and the do's, which may be a podcast first because normally Maybe. we are the complete antithesis to one another. Do you know what? There's a couple of songs rattling around in my head at the minute, which I'm sort of thinking this could be a winner. Malta last week. Mm-hmm. And this one, this is, this again is another one that I can see picking up 12, 10 and eight points regularly enough. Cause it, that's that, as we've seen before with the, uh, with the televote, you know, if you could consistently be in that top three of the televote and just sort of keep, keep that steady churn, this is going to be right up there. And I, and I can't, again, it's, it's provocative, it's the provocative nature of it as well as the that so I can see it get into that top spot.
3: Bold from both of you, I think. Bold from both of you. But uh, look, it is a dual threat. I think it's going to pick up points from both the jury and from the televote. It's going to be in pretty much everyone's top 10 songs from this year's Eurovision. Um, So it's going to do really well with the juries. And I think it's still standoutish enough that it's going to make people pick up the phone. I'm a huge fan. It's possibly one of my favourite songs this year. Possibly my favourite song this year. I'm just slightly dubious whether it's going to just cut through enough um, to win it. But I, I like your taste, if not necessarily your prediction. Right, we shall move on to song number three. This one comes from uh, Norway. Now, don't forget, earlier this year, we uh, watched quite a few entrants from Norway's Melody Grand Prix. And this one was the winner. This is. Ticks with Fallen Angel. No, I'm a, I'm a fallen
0: angel. And no matter where my heart is, there's no way I'll ever reach up to ever do ya? She's so far out of this world, no way I could ever be with her.
3: Almost on a very similar theme to El Diablo. This one is a fallen angel, uh, but it is, I guess, more clearly a metaphor than Elena's effort. Uh, he's talking about uh, not being good enough for this girl that he's in love with and how he's a fallen angel and she should bugger off and see someone else. And, yeah, it's all right. He's a sort of blinged-out person um, wizard I, I mean this is wizard no that's not the word i was thinking. wizard you've gone wizard, wizard. <laughs> <laughs> no he's he's sort of a <laughs> blinged out angel a sort of angel that you would expect to see on maybe one of alex's laser-toting video games touche uh and he's he's chained to all these sort of black winged characters um I mean, it's it's slightly confusing visuals because he's describing himself as the fallen angel. But then he's mm. uh, he's all depicted in white and surrounded by those in black. The song is Blair for me, like it doesn't bring an awful lot. He is a very popular uh, YouTube figure in Norway uh, and uh, he's transferred into the mainstream and pretty much the entire country. Uh, loves ticks. He is a um, musician with a uh, Tourette's style disease where he ticks a lot, hence the name. His real name is Andreas, Uh, but ticks is his stage name and uh, he's very popular. Um, I've heard it described that everyone in Norway has a place in their heart for ticks. So it's unsurprising that he's managed to uh, pull off a victory at Melody Grand Prix. Would this have been a better entrant for Norway than Monument uh, from Kano? In
4: your voice, I me,
2: like a
3: That's the big question, because that came away as our top one from our listen. And you've got to feel that they followed their heart rather than their head, Norway, here he it seems very nice and I'm sure this will probably qualify for the final but I think it's going to be in the lower reaches of the grand final positioning Um whereas Kano could have brought home another victory for Norway so uh let's postulate that one Uh Simon what were your thoughts on Mr Ticks
2: yeah it's like sort of if they made an interpretive dance version of Good Omens. I just think it's a a real missed opportunity here because there's six guys holding chains that are attached to him. And with one yank, any one of them could end this. And none of them do. And I just think that's a real shame. I mean, you've got this guy that's like, he's dressed in a carpet that you might find on the floor of a footballer's house. (laughs) with a dice necklace that only has the number one on every single side which summarises this song for me it's coming up snake eyes damning mini
1: i was shocked to learn that this one melody grand prix or read anything that isn't 30 pounds on fail army (laughs) which maybe that's what you meant by youtube sensation i don't know. I figured that the dancers are on leads to stop them from running away out of embarrassment. (laughs) It looks like Colin Holt parodying Westlife in a silly costume. (laughs) I was shocked
3: by the result when I was watching live. I won't lie to any of you. I thought I was going to be watching the Norwegian coronation of Kano as the new royal family of Norway and then as the votes were being announced and it was clear, becoming clear that Tix had won, I had to do some hurried investigation online as to what on earth was going on, because it didn't make any sense to me as a neutral viewer. Uh, Deux-poix for Andreas.
4: Yes, I'm going to surprise you all uh, with a uh, trademark Dan left field coming in from out of nowhere take. Um, and do you know what, I totally agree with, with what a lot of people have said so far um, There's so, so many reasons to hate this You know, you've got this dickhead standing in the middle of the stage singing He's got a generic voice, it sounds like every member of One Direction Squished into one um, Dressed as an angel, not moving a single muscle And all the backing dancers sort of do circles around him it Probably makes Alex want to yell at kids <laughs> But you know This song has been in my head all week since the first time I watched it, which was only about two hours ago. But it's really catchy. (laughs) I love the pacing of the song. It goes from this sort of, it opens a sort of slow and a bit melancholy and it ends up big, uplifting, flames. I know that's not exactly revolutionary or anything, but, you know, it's all perfectly done within the allotted three minutes. It builds very nicely. Um, I'm a bit shocked that it didn't make our favourites episode last week, to be honest, because I actually think this will do very well.
3: I would have been disappointed if we made it through the 2021 preview episodes without a classic left field Dan pick. I adore you for your alternative taste, Dan. But fuck me. Wow. Uh, Really did not see that one coming, which I probably should have because I was sent everyone's 12 points and I clearly didn't pay enough attention (laughs) to what Dan's pick was. (laughs) Uh, Caught me right off guard there. Uh right. A- a- anyone else? No? You're out on your own here, Dan. Oh. Uh nil nilpoise though. Any nilpoise.
1: Yes. I think Fallen Angel is only falling to the bottom of the table. And I think this also confirms the idea that Dan just loves songs about things that fly. Birds by Nuke, <laughs> was it?
0: Oh god. <laughs> Okay.
3: Dan's voting history has been uh, technicoloured over the last thirty episodes or so, but I uh, will sit here and defend Dan's choice of uh, "Birds by a Nuke." I think that's a good song. I will not be defending "On Again, Off Again,", on
4: again,
0: off
2: again which I think uh, will, however many episodes we do, Dan. This is different and- to that. This is different to that though, because "On Again, Off Again," Dan. Dan's picked like begrudgingly from a bunch of shit songs, whereas I think the songs this week are quite good. Um, so I think this one's more of a shock for me.
4: The, the great thing about the on again off again take is it means that all of you forgot that I also gave my twelve to Gemini. <laughs> yes. Oh
0: well, yeah, that's what yes. done,
3: I thought. <laughs> yeah. Again. I will still hold On Again Off Again as your worst one, but on reflection, yes, it's incredibly out of tune, but the song itself is not flawed, uh, Gemini, um, uh, Crybaby. I, I think the song holds up quite well compared to all of its competitors in that episode, so I didn't hate that take. Obviously, their performance left quite a lot to be desired. But, yeah, okay. We're, we'll add that to the Dan Hall of Fame, I think. Um <laughs> Let's move on to song number four. We are moving not very far away from Norway, just across the border into Finland. Uh, song number four comes from Blind Channel, and this is their song Dark Side.
4: Put your middle fingers up, take a shot, me up the
1: doorstep.
3: Your middle fingers up. It's Simon Rickenback.
2: <laughs> so picture the scene, right? The year is 2006. Two children are sitting too close to a CRT telly and they can't believe what they're seeing. Their, their country has sent a group of rock monsters to the Eurovision Song Contest playing music like they've never heard before and they're inspired. 15 years later, We have blind channel, swearing at the audience and barking like dogs in this Lincoln Park style new metal number. With this song, you really have to take the rough with the smooth, but it's not a complete dog's dinner, even if it does remind you a bit of the kid in your class who used to colour his nails in black with a sharpie.
1: (laughs) Mini. Um, Fair comparison to Lincoln Park? Definitely. I think this would have been right on trend 15 years ago I like it kind of in spite of myself like you say about Lordy to have a heavy metal number you also need it to be catchy and have a hook and I think this is melodic uh, as well as being quite angry Uh, I don't think it's incredible but I think it's among the stronger rock acts we've seen certainly on the podcast and I like the performance I like their spinny guitar moves especially (laughs) but I think the production is really good and interesting as well and probably better than I mean especially compared to um, Technicolor (laughs)
4: it's pleasant to listen to by comparison.
3: Fair. Um, Dan...
4: Yeah, I mean, every so often we have to cover a rock song, don't we? I think they've got to have a quota at Eurovision, one a year, something like that. Um, so it's Finland's turn again. Uh, I mean, could you conceive of something more different than Lordi, really? just trying try and add a bit of edginess? They, you know, where they put your middle fingers up? It's just a bit a bit weird, isn't it? Um, a bit angsty teenagers. Um, and is that allowed at Eurovision? And perhaps it's actually an even bigger indictment if it is because they're like, Do "You know what? Yeah, that's fine. You guys go right ahead. you you stick your middle fingers up at the crowd, and we'll all clap along. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, I, I have no idea whether they will be allowed to stick their middle fingers up in their in the performance. Uh, I certainly suspect that Graham Norton will have a word to say about it before it airs on the BBC. Uh, however, uh, yes, you're you're probably right. It is such a sort of uh, mild insult that it's probably permitted these days, and it's slightly damning indictment of uh, of the Rock. They're like, oh, you're going to... What do you mean you're going to put your middle finger up and drink a shot? I am shocked. Shocked. The channel my in the Simon Amstel there. But no, I, do you know what? Minnie's right. It does have a catchiness that a lot of rock songs that Eurovision quite often miss. So it could could do well. And I think it probably will do quite well. Not lordy levels well, but well. Um, Alex, what did you make of this one?
0: Well, Dan mentions that there's a, sort of one rock number every year and I don't know if he's forgotten Italy. There are two quite well put together rock songs this year and I think they are both two quite strong efforts f- for what they are and I wonder if they might end up splitting the rock vote um because I don't I've, I've having watched this and then I rewatched watched this again today they, they they do different things but in that kind of you know alternative rock um you know space and they both do them really well and I and I, and I generally think on the night they're going to end up well one of them will either do really well and the other will do will be really disappointed. Or they'll both end up really disappointed because because the vote's been split. No, normally, when we do these um, acts as well, we sort of try and do a pun. And I've been trying desperately to try and fit in a Finland rock-based pun. And the only one I could come up with, Mini, I'm relying on you, I think, for these kinds of things. So I'm hoping you've got one in the bag that's better than this. I, I went for uh, Arctic Circle Monkeys at the end of the podcast we'll just
3: (laughs) i think once again we're all sat here stroking our beards trying to think of something better because there is undoubtedly something better out there than the arctic
1: circle monkeys highway to helsinki by (laughs) acdc
3: does finland have a lot of uh public uh, transport services in which case this could be lincoln park and ride
2: If they do have a Lincoln Park and ride, maybe you can take an Inky bus. Uh,
3: okay.
1: Uh, douze pois. Any douze pois for Finland? I'm giving this my douze pois. It was a bit like biscuit, who I don't like, but I do like biscuits. Good. Um, nil
3: pois for Finland, please.
4: Yes, I'd like to give this my nil pois. I do quite like Biscuits actually So I nearly nearly changed my mind there But um, I don't like them when they're 20 years old And uh, Limp biscuits are 20 years old So this is going to get a nail from me
3: <laughs> We are back to stale ginger nuts Aren't we? So we move on to the infamous Song number 5 Now I'm not going to give this too much Of an introduction But I will just say that this is Senhit for San Marino With Adrenalina
0: you my adrenalina
3: why don't you tell us about this one?
4: Are you ready for this film? Back in the 1990s, Dan Marino was scoring touchdowns in Florida as a quarterback of the Miami Dolphins And so here, repaying the favour is Flo Ryder touching down in San Marino to take their seven and nine song into the wildcard round. Sadly for San Marino, that's where the comparison falls down, as Dan Marino never actually won a Super Bowl. So suck on that, (laughs) Flowrider. Senhit is like some kind of possessed seer, and really quite scary, but with this kind of nice bouncy Europop sound. It's kind of safe, unexciting, interesting. At the two minute mark, she dials in Flowrider. And I say dial in because he clearly couldn't get over to film in person, leaving this really awkward kind of very clearly green screen sequence with the two of them dancing around. I'm just glad nobody had to say, but sorry, Mr. Ryder, you're uh, you're on mute. We we can't hear you. Try leaving the call and rejoining. (laughs) No, it doesn't really add any musical value, but the name makes this at least a little bit more interesting.
3: Okay, Alex.
0: I can kind of pick up on your video point there a little bit because I it, it's like a video from a flight to the Concorde song where everything is really surreal. Like, are they wrapped in bubble wrap at one point? There's a you know a couple of couple of people sort of just wandering around with her, but but in bubble wrap, and then they're sort of on this diamond turntable thing, which doesn't fit with what is other, an otherwise okay sort of Mediterranean pop song, which is I think slightly enriched by the presence of Flow Rida and if on the night he does come. I don't know, Phil, if you've got any update there. I know for a while it's been will he, won't he? If he does come, you imagine he'll probably get some votes and this this will certainly qualify. Um,
3: so it's, it's, a, it's a very much will he, won't he situation for Flo Um uh, There's been all sorts of things going around. Yes, he will try to make it if he can, has been the official line from San Marino. <laughs> so uh, what else and, is he doing? Well, <laughs> it's, not
0: like, it's not like he's on tour.
3: Uh, you, is it? you say that, Alex. He has been booked in to judge a bikini contest
0: on the same day oh, well, as Eurovision. Fair, fair play, no, no. Uh, so uh,
3: that has been controversial amongst the uh, the Eurovision public, to say the least. Um, uh, however, we've now seen their dress rehearsal. They do have a stand-in uh, rapper. However, uh, the comments that I've heard, obviously, I haven't seen a full video yet, but there is a sort of relatively big entrance moment in the staging so they are built for flow rider to come that is the rumor but yeah you, you're absolutely right do not um underestimate the potential power of flow rider turning up on stage for san marino this could be the celebrity moment that germany tried to do in
1: 2009 with please welcome
3: this could be the actual formation of celebrity turnups at Eurovision. I think Flo Rider rapping for San Marino would be peak, peak Eurovision moments.
2: I see this going one of two ways. It's either going to qualify for the final and do really well, or it's going to be like Macedonia in 2015 when they had Blackstreet doing the backing vocals and just sync without trace in the semi uh, for what it's worth i kind of like it i do think the video the video is just weird oh, you guys talked about the, the flow rider in front of the green screen thing i think what's funnier than that they've clearly never been in the same room together is just that that bit of the video just doesn't fit with any other bit of the video it's just <laughs> like them it's like let's get flow rider in a gray metallic room standing in front of his name to do some wrapping. Not that the rest of the video sits together particularly coherently at all. It's sort of like, there's one bit that's like Nicki Minaj style, close-up, colourful hair, lollipop, tongue stud, etc. And then there's one that's like Inception style, but it's nature, uh, and the nature's on the roof. And then there's some spinning. It's it's like they had loads of ideas for what to do with the video and then just got out the blunderbuss and did all of them.
3: <laughs> San Marino's best performance at Eurovision previously has been 19th place. So they are a surefire bet, I think, to be the best San Marino performance of all time. Uh, this has got top 10 all over it for me. Uh douze points. Anyone want to give Senhit and Flowrider there dues There's none left. No, I don't think there's any nil points left either, are there? Is this the first time that song number five has just been neutral, nothing, no votes? I don't know. But, hey, it's definitely a talking point. So, that's 15 songs. We've gone through 15 of the 39 songs at Eurovision this year.
2: This is the end. You don't have to listen to this anymore. You yes. can have... 45 minutes of your day back it's amazing that some people literally some people have listened to us talk about Eurovision
0: we shut really up Simon you wanker fuck you you fucking ugly whore fucking gobshite oh fuck I
3: don't want to play Skeletrics in the hallway with uh, Albert Einstein the
0: content is getting increasingly niche isn't it fuck shut you, up. you you fucking ugly whore he's an obnoxious dickhead
3: Alex you're a quite a dominant
0: lesbian an obnoxious Shut the fuck up, you ugly hood. Um
3: so uh, that explains the existence of Cardi B. And um and, and Simon, you're just a twat.